Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Board of Pharmacy What, Why, and How podcast. This is Casey Fisek from IPA. I am here today with Sue Mears from the Board of Pharmacy. Uh, it was definitely a good meeting with lots of good discussion today, plenty to talk about on the agenda. Thanks for joining us today, Sue. Sure. So first, I thought we'd just jump right in with some of the rules and legislation that the board talked about. Um, I know you had mentioned that uh, there was some of the uh, legislation on the agenda today. It's hard to believe that we're at that point already. <laughs> oh, yeah, gotta get uh, get on it ahead of the time. Yeah, so def- definitely some exciting things on the agenda. Uh, just looking at some of the changes to the Practice Act in Chapter 155, I don't know if you want to walk through those, but the board decided to um, adopt what they had drafted, but with, with a few additional changes if you want to discuss what was right. contained and what was added. Yeah, sure. So the board want, um, wants a legislative um, priority to be next session to amend the Iowa Pharmacy Practice Act um, to expand um, the pharmacist's ability to provide immunizations, um, um, piggybacking or um, expanding what Senate File 2322 did last year. Um, and so what the board voted to put forward as a, a bill for next session um, would allow pharmacists to uh, immunize, immunize under statewide protocols um, for patients down to the age of six. Um, and open it up to be any immunization that is recommended by the CDC. Um, And then the board's uh, bill would also hope to um, put back in the exemption uh, for checking the statewide registry um, prior to um, immunizing a patient for influenza or other emergency immunizations, um, and then the exemption for reporting that immunization uh, to the statewide registry. to also add in or to codify language um, that would authorize collaborative practice agreements um, for, with pharmacists and other prescribers. Um, and then um, to look at potentially authorizing um, a pharmacist to delegate to um, a technician or other um, trained pharmacy individual to actually provide the um, technical administration of the immunization following the pharmacist's clinical um, evaluation of an immunization. So for that was for the Pharmacy Practice Act. Yeah, definitely some uh, big steps forward there. Uh, like you said, we had uh, sort of opened up the immunization uh, chapter again last year. And uh, from an IPA perspective, we did try to lower the age and unfortunately ran into some political roadblocks. But I think this year we'll have some really good prospects moving forward with the board's support, uh, with other stakeholders. So that's an exciting change as well. And it, it is interesting, though, that there was never uh, statutory language for collaborative practice agreements, though. It's just... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how when the, the rules were originally what drafted, had, yeah. what the statutory, you know, where that statutory authority, um, what they... Um, yeah, where that exactly came from. There's probably something tucked away in there that I'm yeah, yeah. not thinking of, but yeah. Well, it's funny how the process plays out like right. that sometimes. Yeah. So also on the agenda was proposed amendments to Chapter 124 relating to the PMP mostly, but some other stuff in there as well, right? Right, yeah. So the the board's um, proposed bill for the next session relating to controlled substances has a, a lot of different components to it. Um, with respect to PMP, um, they would like to see expanded reporting um, to the PMP for all Schedule Five controlled substances, which they would like to include even the over-the-counter cough syrups, which are sold 
um, without a prescription by a pharmacist, but not including sales of pseudoephedrine. Um, those are reported to the real-time electronic repository. Um, and then they'd also look for the authority to add other prescription substances um, to be required to be reported if, um, if so, um, identified by the advisory council and the board. Um, and then with the PMP, um, they'd like to delay the, uh, the annual report um, that's due to the governor and the legislature um, to February 1 instead of January 1. Um, and then just for other um, recommended code changes, the board um, throughout the year, um, they will take temporary scheduling action um, to temporarily amend Iowa code when there is either a new substance scheduled by DEA or substances rescheduled. Um, so the board takes temporary code changes throughout the year to implement those things. Um, and then during the legislative session, we put it actually into a bill to make that, um, that schedule or reschedule permanent. So a lot of what the bill has are those permanent scheduling actions. Um, the board would like to update language in various sections that um, have a reference to um, medical marijuana programs um, overseen by the Board of Pharmacy and, and, right. and those we don't have. So we'd like to clean up the code to eliminate any reference to um, board medical marijuana programs. Add consistency. Correct. Yeah, just clean that up. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it for gotcha. the controlled substances. Well, thanks. Yeah, just you talked a little bit about the process there, but now you'll add any suggestions that the board had made um, and make the, uh, I guess, draft the language, and then that, that bill will be filed and then um, pre-filed right around after or before or after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yep. And then, uh, yeah, then the then the real fun starts once the yeah. uh, legislature gets going. Yeah, so, see what they do yeah, them. we'll make sure to keep everyone updated on that. It's... Uh, it's always fun to watch the watch the process happen. So we've talked a little bit in in the past when the proposed notice of intended actions were were sent out relating to some of the technician legislation that passed last year. So specifically adding a technician to the board of pharmacy and then allowing technician transfers. Those are two separate um, rulemaking actions. But uh, the notice uh, the comment period has ended now, right? So the action that the board took today was adopting and filing. Correct, yep. So for um, Chapter 1, amending um, Chapter 1 to identify uh, the board's ability to designate a pool of up to seven alternate board members and then also to add a certified pharmacy technician to the composition of the board, um, that proposed rulemaking um, had gone through the open comment period um, and there were no substantive or no changes at all made to the amendments. Um, so the board today approved to adopt um, and make those changes um, effective. So we'll get those filed. And then also for the proposed rulemaking for chapters uh, three and six, also related to technicians. Um, and that rulemaking would allow a certified pharmacy technician to be involved in the transfer between pharmacies of a non-controlled substance prescription. Um, and then also for a technician to dispense um, a prescription once it's been verified, but does not require counseling um, while a pharmacist is on a break. Um, so that also um, did not have any changes um, to what was noticed and put out for public comment. So the board today voted to adopt and make those um, those changes permanent. Gotcha. Well, in, the interesting thing, and I think we talked about this last time, 
is that because of the makeup of the board, it'll be an even number that the technician that uh, required by statute, right, that it has to be a male member of the board moving forward, I believe. I don't think it's in statute. No. I think, that's, I think the governor's office maybe okay. has has an idea in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not sure what um, what the composition they're, is. They're for, looking there, for there that. are gender and yeah. like they read like rap location, sheets sometimes. Yeah. Um, Male requirements, there, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, perhaps. But uh, yeah, if, if um, just to put that out there again, I know the governor the governor is still looking and reviewing some applications now, so that might be moving here forward yeah, fairly soon. Yep. Great. Well, the next thing on the agenda then, uh, moving to proposed, uh, well, this was an adoption and filing as well relating to USP 800. I don't know right. if you want to talk about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yep. So the board had proposed to amend Chapter 8 um, relating to um, hazardous um, products. And so the, the, the board's initial proposal was uh, simply to require that pharmacy personnel and patients are adequately protected from unnecessary exposure to hazardous drugs. Um, and the, the rule initially proposed um, to say just that pharmacies were encouraged to implement the methods identified in USB 800, um, but because of comments that were received um, through the comment period, um, comments and there was a request for more clarification of what will the board do moving forward and when will um, those USP 800 standards actually be enforceable by the board. Um, so with that, uh, the board agreed to change the language of the rule um, to make clear that as of December 1, 2019, or the enforcement date identified by USP, whichever is later, the pharmacy shall be in compliance with USP General Chapter 800 for handling hazardous drugs. Okay. Um, so they did agree to that change, and they voted to adopt that rulemaking. Gotcha. And I don't know, did you mention before, was there a rule, uh, was there a date set by USP? Yeah, do you um, the, know? As far as we know, the last we've heard is December 1, okay. 2019, gotcha. is what they're anticipating the effective enforcement date okay. to be. But, so that's, that's where that date came from. Yeah, okay. yeah. But again, you know, they've already, they've changed it, you know, in the past. So yeah. we wanted to be cognizant <laughs> if, if it changes again, we certainly, you know, want to just we've, follow what USB flexibility. Yep. Yeah, yep. gotcha. Yep. Well, the next two pieces we're going to talk about here, um, both proposed notice of intended action, so not adoption and filing, so those will be open to the public comment period here, but they're also both in response to legislation that was passed last year, correct? One right. being the uh, large opioid bill that was passed by the legislature, and then the other one being uh, the technician product verification bill that, that was also passed last year. So I don't know if you want to start maybe with the... Um, the rulemaking related to the PMP program and talk about some, because there are some significant changes contained sure. in there, right? Yep, yep. So what the board um, adopted or approved today was to put out for notice of intended action to rescind current Chapter 37 for PMP and then create a new one in place. Um, and so the rulemaking in part uh, implements some of the legislative changes um, that were part of the opioid bill last session, um, such as um, mandatory um, registering with a PMP when obtaining a CSA registration for all prescribing practitioners, um, authorizing the board to um, assess a 25%, up to a 25% surcharge on CSA registrations uh, to be deposited into the PMP fund, a requirement that dispensing of controlled substances by prescribers be reported to the PMP, um, and that a requirement that administration of an opioid antagonist by a first responder 
be reported to the PMP. So those were things that were in the opioid bill right. um, that would be um, identified in this, um, this proposed rulemaking. Um, and then also the PMP Advisory Council and the board um, agreed um, that they'd like to then take another step further and require pharmacists who are involved in direct patient care to also be required to be registered with the PMP okay. um, simultaneously to their licensure or renewal. Okay. Um, and then the proposed rules um, are also looking to remove uh, the specific number um, that authorized delegates um, are allowed to register uh, for practitioners. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so currently, uh, practitioners are limited to only six delegates, and so the proposed rules would remove that limitation and allow uh, the practitioner to determine what's an appropriate number of delegates um, to access the PMP on their behalf. Yeah, so some big changes. In yeah. There. yeah. Uh, the next one, too, is also a notice of intended action. And so, oh, well, that's all right. With, Sue said she didn't bring that one, but I'm sure she's got oh, it completely memorized no, by now. So well, I think the uh, kind of the big point, though, is that um, most of the uh, language contained was, uh, well, what, what action did the board take now that I think about it? Right, so, um, so through, obviously from the legislative session with um, the, the code um, allowing technician product verification, um, the, the board and the rules, the rules committee um, had taken a look at, um, you know, we just looked at an overall five-year right. review to right. reorganize the chapter and then to implement um, the allowance for technician product verification to, in, you know, update the language. Right as opposed to tech check tech. Um, so the rules committee had taken a deep dive into um, how these programs currently exist in hospitals and then how to incorporate um, to the community level um, and how to reconcile that and have one core set of rules that apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, the, what was proposed to the board today um, was a product of what the rules committee um, had discussed and, and how they wanted to see the rulemaking move forward. Um, clearly, there's you know there are a lot of um, other thoughts and opinions on yeah. what those rules should look like. Um, so what the board decided to do um, is to essentially, um, and, and I'm not aware that we've done this yeah. at least in the time that I've worked for the That's, board yeah. um, to do a pre-notice um, okay. and to put that uh, to put that language out there. You know whether it's specifically emailing out to our RMS feed or putting it just on the board's website. Website. I'm not sure how exactly that'll look. Because, um, like I said, I'm not sure that we've done it <laughs> that way before. But We're trying to gain no, more yeah, feedback, right? Put it out there um, and get as much uh, feedback, but specific feedback. You With, know, we, you know, right. what we heard today were a lot of, you know, bigger picture. You know, we need more specific information but about training. Well, what are, with. you know, we'd right. be looking for some specific details on what, um, what that training, um, what you think that training would look like, as an example. Yeah. So, um, well, then, yeah, yeah. And then the goal would be to put that out there, solicit comments, um, get some more specific information or um, suggestions, and then have the rules committee look at it in December um, to then hopefully um, come back to the board in January with a new um, notice of intended action right. for their consideration. To keep the process moving yep. along. Yep. Well, we, we both learned something today then, because I'd never heard of that as well. So yep. for all the listeners out there, you're out, you're in the same boat as us. But yep. uh, glad we could help uh, learn something new, I suppose. Well, that's about it. See, that's all I have for today. But it was definitely a busy, uh, busy uh, meeting today. And I want to thank you for your time and thank everyone who listened. Uh, tune in next time. I'm not... Don't have the date in front of me, but the board probably won't meet again until after Christmas. Is yeah, that yeah, correct? it's in January. January. Sometime. All right. Well, tune in for the next uh, Board of Pharmacy podcast then, and thank everyone for listening today.